0: Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Mark A. Carpenter. And uh, I was interested in having him on to talk about the Kennewick Man, kind of a, a, a find that was found in Washington State, currently Washington State, but uh, that caused no little consternation in kind of uh, the archaeological community. But he knows a lot more than just the Kennewick Man, and we can talk about that. He studied archaeology. In Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. I've actually done that too. And live with the Kahunas and native mm. tribes. In the latter half, he talked about evidence for giants. This is from, I'm reading this from coast to coast. And the Kennewick man, and he believes the Smithsonian scientists concealed the truth about the find. And uh, he, based on his observations, the skeleton was much bigger than what they reported. He also is going to cite a 2008 discovery of a giant tooth found in. Didn- Denisovan Cave in Siberia, and kind of talk about that and some of his other influences. So Mark A. Carpenter, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I I really appreciate it. Cool. So for people who haven't heard your name or may not have heard you on Coast to Coast, can you kind of, you call yourself a rogue cultural anthropologist. Can you kind of define that and talk a little bit about your background? Sure, sure. Um, Well,
1: uh, what I, my experience in, in the academic scientific institutional world is that it's an orthodoxy and you're going to get in line with that orthodoxy or your career is going to be sabotaged. And that's basically how it works uh, in, in a nutshell. And I, I ran uh, headfirst into that um, when I was studying archeology span in, uh, on the Yucatan Peninsula, studying the Maya. Oh, and that's really cool that you I didn't. I had no idea that you were uh, that you had done uh, something like that. So
0: um, yeah, I'm, I'm author, curious you to know what your
1: experience was like. Chichen
0: Itza, like. Merida. Uh, oh, okay. To, um, kind excellent. of more of the
1: major sites, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, uh, well, basically, um, what, what I found, uh, and what I wanted to do my my dissertation on. Uh, were links between old world and new world cultures. I, I'm a cultural anthropologist, so so I'm I'm not uh, technically an archaeologist, or or a forensic anthropologist, although I'm familiar with those fields. Um, but my my expertise is cultural anthropology, and it was my position, and it still is, that there is some degree of validation of the ancient traditions. In the archaeological and fossil record, and I and I can make a very strong case for that. And the uh, the institution, the establishment, was not remotely interested. That was a major taboo for them. So that's really what I mean when I say
0: rogue uh, anthropologists. Right. So there are scientific orthodoxies that nobody ever really challenges. A lot. I mean. So the scientific orthodoxy what, at one time was the world was the center of the universe, right? So, right, uh, right. And there's a lot of there's a lot at stake: reputations, money, many
1: Absolutely. things. right. Yeah. that's right. That's right. And and uh, if I were to be successful uh, in such a dissertation, it would completely upend um, careers, uh, careers, and, and and entire entire narratives. And that's really. That's really what it's about when you get down to what is this all about people always want to jump to well, why would they do this, who's doing this, and that's what it really comes down to is is um, paradigm manipulation. Um, world views and paradigms are very important um, to the people who who um, rule society.
0: No doubt. There's no doubt about, about it. So. Like, I mean, Kennewick man is a perfect example or the Yucatan or like interpretations of these structures. And, uh, you know, they always try to dumb, dumb down the Yucatan, the Mayans and the Aztecs as a conquered people. I think, I think that's one of the prerogatives of kind of the Spanish conquistadors was like, Hey, these guys aren't that sophisticated when in fact they were very sophisticated. Right. Yeah. It's,
1: it's very complicated. Um, in in, in terms of uh when these cultures collide and then and then the the uh after the aftershock uh cultural interpretations and and manipulations and distortions so it's it's a lot to it's a lot to unravel um uh, um i i would say just really quickly that part of what i discovered and they didn't like um was this aspect of the disappearance of the Maya or the alleged disappearance of the Maya. So it is my position that um, the Maya, uh, there was actually, I think, an an occupying force uh, during the heyday of the Maya. And, And see, the Maya never disappeared. They are still there.
0: Right, um, the ethnic minds are still there right the Right, people. the ethnic minds is still
1: there. So what yeah. we're really talking about is a culture that vanished. and it was it was my position it is my position um, uh, it's really beyond a reasonable doubt into into factual territory as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the um the the Maya and their disappearance is really about the ruling elite and the Maya revolting against this occupying ruling elite and driving them out of old Mexico and into the new world, Uh, the so-called new world, meaning North America, obviously. Uh, And um, they were really, really not interested uh, in that narrative. I was really pushing taboo buttons of the scientific orthodoxy and Ultimately, they tried to bribe me with advancement so long as I uh, was a good boy and, and, and uh, got in line with the orthodoxy. And that was very tempting because that was essentially my dream come true. Uh, but I realized what it meant, and it was a bribe. And, and, and it would meant that they would own me and they would control uh, what I published. And so I told them, uh, no.
0: Right, and the heyday of the Maya was what? The 13th, 14th century since Christ, right? So that's AD or something. They reached an apex and then declined. But they were huge. like They were all throughout Mesoamerica, all throughout Central America. The
1: the, the whole chronology and narrative as we know it is uh, foobar. We we, we really need to rip it up and and re-examine the whole thing from start to finish. And that's part of what—that's what I was doing. I—I uh, I was rejecting obsolete uh, notions about the Maya and the Aztec and pyramid construction and and, and uh, city master plans and and but my big my the biggest aspect to me were links to the links to the old world uh, and 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 more specifically the the biblical narrative. Interesting. Um, yeah, the, the, in the biblical narrative, we, we learn about the Nephilim and, and their descendants. And they were this um, pre-antediluvian uh, race. And um, there are specific texts that describe in the biblical narrative, uh, this antediluvian race or species um, and uh, among the characteristics described the most prevalent are enormous stature and then there's also a less prevalent reference to polydactyly so polydactyly meaning extra uh, fingers or, or toes so right, didn't, example, didn't they say Goliath yeah. had
0: six fingers right isn't that the it, well
1: up? it was Goli- it was a relative of Goliaths okay. that that's the passage i was about to reference was uh, Samuel 23 It says after the defeat of Goliath, there was another battle at Gath in which there was another gigantic um, uh, warrior. And it mentions him as the relative of Goliath. And it says he was gigantic in stature and he had six fingers and toes on each hand and foot. And then he was subsequently uh, vanquished, as was Goliath. And that brings us full circle um, to Kennewick Man and the Maya. Um, What I discovered in the iconography of the Maya was a ruling elite of gigantic stature. And uh, the site I focused on primarily was Palenque. And the iconography of Palenque is filled with the ruling elite depicted with six fingers and toes. And they were also gigantic in stature. And if you go into these characteristics deeper, in the book of Enoch, uh, it, it, it describes um, cannibalism and, and satanic worship demonic worship that occurred in the pre-Diluvian times, uh, which was a main factor in their destruction and this is what we find in the archaeological record of the Maya. Uh, we, we do find instances of cannibalism, ritualistic murder, um, so cannibal, ritual cannibalism, ritual murder, and they worshipped a dragon, a dragon deity.
0: Right, the so winged serpent right? the winged serpent. It, the... Exactly. Kukulkan Kukulkan,
1: uh, yes, the, the winged or, or feathered serpent. And um, to me this this disserta- this uh, dissertation practically wrote itself. Here we've got cannibalism, we've got gigantic stature, we've got polydactyly, all related to uh, demonic worship. And, and I would like to I would like to make a quick disclaimer. About the conquistadors, they were they were uh, on a quest for blood and gold, and this is not a defense of their characterization of the Maya and Aztec as um, well as godless heathens. Now, now, so my position on it is. While the conquistadors were hypocritical uh, uh, murderers and thieves and criminals, even a broken clock is right twice a day. And while, while that was who they were, uh, they were not necessarily wrong to characterize the religion of the Aztec and the Maya as demonic.
0: Right. I mean, there was all kinds of foul practices, sacrifice, bloodletting, Priesthood, right. demon gods, right. demon temples—it was all there. So, right.
1: So while that they were it, while right. they were crooks on a quest for gold, um, they were not wrong to uh, admonish this human sacrifice as as demonic because that's exactly what it was, and that was the uh, study that um, academic science uh, was uh, forbidding to me. And that brings us to uh, Kennewick Man, who is also related to this uh, uh, issue.
0: So for people who don't know about the story of Kennewick Man, can you explain the factual sure. background of this discovery and then what happened?
1: Sure. So it was July of 96. In July 1996, they were, um, they were having boat racing in, in uh, uh, Kennewick uh, Park. And along the Columbia, the banks of the Columbia River, um, some of these boaters discovered a skull. There had there had just been a heavy rainfall, and so the the, uh, the the shore was eroded away, and they found a skull and they called it in. They called the authorities, you know, we, we've got a skull. And then what, what ended up happening was a huge conflict erupted between scientists, the government, and the Native Americans who who filed a lawsuit um, demanding the uh, demanding the remains of Kennewick man uh, be handed back over to them. The scientists demanded that they be continue allowed to study and the government was just basically interfering, uh, with everything and, and everybody. But primarily, the government was on the side of the, the scientists because they were government scientists. They were Smithsonian scientists.
0: Right, but what did they discover that made this so controversial?
1: Well, so what they found that made this so controversial uh, is uh, multidimensional, but the, the initial aspect of Kennewick Man that made him so important was his age. So so Kennewick man is approximately 9000 years old. But that makes him one of the most ancient skeletons ever discovered on North America. E- easily easily top 10, more like top 5. So so straight away that's that's a very very important uh skeleton. Then then what there's another the dating
0: Mark sorry. what was the okay. date of the so-called kind of theory of the land bridge people walked across from Asia to the new world what you're right well
1: it's right it's related to that yeah so their theory that they've been cramming down uh, school kids throats for a long time is this land bridge theory that uh, yeah around this time approximately 10,000 years ago give or take Uh, There was a land bridge, the sea levels were lower, which is true, and and there was uh, a land bridge that enabled um, uh, walking migration uh, from Kamchatka, basically, uh, to um, the Pacific North, well, into Alaska and the Pacific Northwest. yeah, this uh, Kennewick man uh, challenges that to some uh, degree, and really, the Native Americans have universally rejected um, this narrative from from the beginning. Most Native American traditions involve their ascent from the underworld. That's the most common theme in in Native American origin traditions, and that you can find that from the Maya the Aztec, the Olmec, going all the way up uh, into the North American tribes.
0: Right. So they have a different origination. But one of the other things about Kennewick is that he didn't fit the modern ethnic profile of Native Americans, too. That was one. Of the Correct.
1: That's the exactly. That's the next dynamic of it, which is that a faction of the scientists, insisted that Kennewick man was not Native American. Uh, There there was a suggestion that he was Polynesian and or uh, Caucasian. And this caused quite a stir. And It it was this public fighting of scientists that really attracted the attention of the Native Americans who said, uh, no, we want, this is our man and we want uh, him to be buried back where he should be. There's a whole other aspect of it as far as the Native Americans are concerned that I don't think most people understand. But I do from spending time with the Native Americans and learning uh, about their taboos and and learning from the elders. I suspect, now I I can't prove this, but but I suspect that the Native tribes of the Pacific Northwest knew that uh, Kennewick man who they called the Ancient One uh, I think they knew that he wasn't entirely uh, Native American, but I think they fear his remains being removed from the landscape would cause his vengeful spirit to wreak havoc on them uh, to this day. So, um, and, and this goes back to these um, beliefs about this ruling elite uh, who I linked to the biblical Nephilim, and that's where we get into uh, the cover-up that I can prove definitively here and now of Kennewick Man.
0: Okay, so what's the cover-up?
1: Okay, so um, when this uh, legal battle erupted, it became international news. It's a pretty sensational story because you've got a really ancient skeleton, and you've got uh, scientists, and you've got Native Americans, and there's a, a legal battle. So it's filled with drama and intrigue. And, and what happened was mainstream media went beating down the Smithsonians door for photographs of this skeleton. Now let, let's take let's put a pin in that really quick and just take a moment to say that there's an entire subculture and and, uh, alternative narrative that the Smithsonian has been covering up gigantic bones uh, for nearly a century. Books have been written, there's many online uh, people and forums interested in this. And this all relates to uh, news articles uh, published all over the country from the late 19th, early 20th century. Uh, regarding burial mounds being excavated and yielding skeletons of gigantic proportion. Right. The narrative then goes mm-hmm. that the Smithsonian swoops in and and, and and spirits the bones away, never to be seen again.
0: Right. And the, but when the conquistadors met uh, Moctezuma, he pulled out an old ancient bone. It's in the, the Bernal Diaz book where that's, he pulled out an old bone and said, there used to be giants around here. It was like a that's femur great. bone. That's so that's, an, that's an... They're an, there, yeah. That's an
1: excellent example. And and I, just for uh, the listeners, you'd be amazed if you look at the chronicles of early explorers. Practically every explorer has an anecdote about either a living giant or bones right. of dead giants.
0: Yeah, that's no, true. I mean, you can it's go down believed, the list. True, Marco yeah.
1: Polo, Magellan uh um uh Vasco da Gama uh, the list goes on and on captain cook uh so okay, so now coming back to Kennewick man in the smithsonian when this when this battle for the bones erupted, it was international headline news, and images like the one you have up now were 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 published. And those images are credited to the Smithsonian. Now, these Im- there was only a paltry few images of the actual skeleton released. They were intermingled with dozens of photographs. That is a photo of the real skeleton. But it was intermingled with dozens of photos of the replica. Now, let Okay, let's look at that photo for a moment. There's some very interesting things about this photo. Notice that it, there is no scale of reference. The entire skeleton is on a black blanketed background. So that makes it impossible to tell any scale of size reference. All the other photographs that are published of the replicas have items to scale reference in, in the frame with the skeleton. This, the angle that this is also at, uh, is deliberately designed, now see here, here's a good example, replica. Just see how they have scientists fondling the replica so you can see how large it is. And you can notice just from this published photo, if you look at that skull carefully, and then you switch back to the other image.
0: You it's see how much larger skull. that skull yeah.
1: is? Yeah, it's a different skull. Now, now, um, William, if you don't mind, could you pull up some of the photos that I Absolutely. sent you? Yep. Because mm-hmm. I have exactly. I have um, I, I have zoomed in and, and photoed that skull so you can see what it really looks like. And it's not just the skull or the size. Okay, so here's the replica. Again, we've got um, scale reference. We've got someone with their hands on the skull. And that's CBS News. Um, But if you keep going, you'll see what the real skull really looked like. And the, the point is this, there we go. Yeah, you see. Now, and and uh, you, you might not be able to do this, but if you can put a, another image of the replica side by side, it doesn't matter if not, but we can just switch to it. But if you look at that skull, that's the real skull. And the Smithsonian had, had no choice but to release photos of it because the mainstream media knew they had the skeleton, And the Smithsonian would normally cover up such a freak deformity, but in this instance, they could not. Interesting. And um, the, uh, the skull deformation is only one aspect of the deformities of this skeleton that were never, ever mentioned by the Smithsonian. So that's an extremely deformed skull i mean i mean that's and and it's not just the cranium volume but also look at the ocular cavities the ocular cavities are enormous the ratio of ocular cavity to cranium is uh, not what it is in homo sapiens um and that's programmed genetically so He's also got a massive uh, mandible, which would indicate a very muscular frame. This was a behemoth, bizarre-looking gentleman from 10,000 years ago. Uh, very, very strange. Now, if, if you examine the skeleton photos uh, even more carefully you'll find that on his right hand, he had six fingers. In, in the photo, there's actually only five, but they are pointer through... They are pointer through uh, Pinky. So, And his bones are there for a thumb, so he had a thumb. But the point is, he has five digits on the top of the palm of his hand. So when you include his thumb he would have had six fingers.
0: Interesting.
1: So considering the fact that the Smithsonian, so we we have to understand this is a very important skeleton that was examined by probably two, three dozen Smithsonian scientists. They never uttered a single word about a deformed skull or polydactyly. Never, not once not in any published work, not in any news articles, never. And furthermore, because they're already compromised, their integrity is compromised because they're lying about the skull, they're lying about the hand. Considering that it's on an all-black background, I would say it's very likely that this was very large. Uh, That's the only reason for them to photograph it in such a uh, in such a non revealing way, because they have something to conceal about the size reference.
0: Right. So they're covering stuff up. I mean, but this isn't the first Smithsonian cover up. So these are no. it's politic no, it's, it's totally politicized, right? So they've just. I mean, I didn't even know this, but according to some of those articles I was looking through, they've just said that this this person is a Native American. That's it. We're done. And it seems like that's just a total fake uh, designation that just solves everything. It makes it nice and tidy. Right. It's a nice. tidy. That's
1: exactly right. That's exactly right. And. um, And this is the. um, These these discoveries are what led me into the into the depths of this of this cover up. Uh, the, The Mayan elites, Kennewick man. And then, um, uh, um, well, there's the uh, uh, um, the Denisovan tooth that we have not yet. We have not yet gotten to. Can you talk
0: about but that? That's part of
1: that's part of this as well. Um, Can you talk about that? <clears throat> the, sure, sure. Horrible. So, um, there was an article. If it, uh, would it would it be too much? Could you could you fire up an article for me? Let me. me? See, it's, let me see, it, 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 it's um. I I think if you just do an internet search for a huge Denisovan tooth reveals new human ancestor, and it's a Smithsonian article. Uh, That's not it. That's related to it, though. Um, uh, Huge tooth reveals new human ancestor, and it's a Smithsonian.
0: Human cousin Uh, with huge teeth? Is that it? uh, Uh, Oh, here it is. It's it's Smithsonian. This is from the Smithsonian. There it is.
1: There it is. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, this article, I cannot recommend this article enough. Now you have to read it with the lens uh, 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 that they are downplaying, but it's very obvious that they are in denial and downplaying that this tooth belonged to a giant. In anthropology, it it is basic anthropology that the larger the tooth the larger the mandible the jawbone the larger the jawbone the larger the cranium and the larger the cranium the larger the torso and so on and so forth they have used nothing but teeth and jawbones i say they meaning mainstream scientists they have used nothing but teeth and jawbones to make a um a general uh, composite profile of how large a primate was. So, for example, Gigantopithecus is an alleged extinct, uh, very huge orangutan. And they they have found only uh, uh, jawbones and teeth. But by these jawbones and teeth, they determined that this uh, extinct species of orangutan was like 11 feet tall these teeth and there are jaw bones that were discovered subsequently after this these teeth and jaw bones although human so they're not homo sapien uh they they are a, a species of hominid or hominin and uh they indicate exactly the same thing that this was a gigantic human um o- over 10 over 10 feet tall and and the, the comments from the scientists in this article are very interesting. It, it's as if they are itching to uh, take credit for discovering this giant, but they can't do it. They say, for example, that in this article, they say that this tooth was mistaken uh, for um, an extinct species of cave bear. Well, those cave bears weigh 1,200 pounds, and when they stand up on their hind legs, they're like 13 feet tall. So they're essentially telling you that they thought this was a gigantic uh, mammal's tooth, and it is. Um, I could, you know, there's a. I have a uh, on my blog. Well, it's actually not up there yet, but I'm I'm about to put it up there. I have a. When you see this molar compared to a Homo sapien molar, you can really tell how enormous. Uh, it is. I'll, I'll send you that picture. Really, yeah, it's on my old. It's on my old blog. I haven't uploaded the pictures to the new blog. Um, right, I'll people can check to, out.
0: Yeah, people can yeah. check out this blog too at your website. I'll put a link to your website. But yeah, you've done I'll, all your I'll research. Shoot you, can be I'll verified. shoot you
1: a uh, uh, image of the um, the Denisovan tooth versus a human molar. But it's nearly twice the um, it's nearly twice the height and volume of a normal human. Homo sapien molar. Wow. Um, so you can you can you can very reasonably deduce that it was twice the uh, size of an average Homo sapien man. Right. And and all of this is being covered up, and all of it, to some degree, validates ancient tradition.
0: Right. I mean, I think that that's just kind of like the way that this new science works. And it always has, really. It doesn't, just like the word that you use, orthodoxy, it doesn't accept outside beliefs. And in any really kind of uh, intellectual field, it's almost like there is an orthodoxy you just can't challenge. And if you do challenge, you're off in the wilderness. And it it has a financial effect, has a financial, reputational, serious effect. Just to actually do thinking like this. Actually, could get people in trouble just asking questions.
1: Absolutely, that that was exactly what happened to me. I really, um, I really upset the apple cart. Um, well, because I wasn't just suggesting these things. I'm I'm kind of a relentless madman. Uh, when when I get a, the scent of uh, of a mystery and a cover up, I can't let it go. And, and so I was really irritating these people with relentless questions and digging and poking and prodding. And, and that was the, the death of, of my um, career. Well, I shifted my, my graduate studies to, to English so that I could write and, and, and study um, narratology as a whole.
0: Interesting. Mark, do you have time for a few questions? Yeah, sure, shoot. Sabrina asks, any speculation regarding why the mainstream scientific elite would want to conceal larger humans in the North and South America?
1: Yes. Um, This gets into territory that's very strange and very dark. But my research leads me to believe that the the same secret society elitist type people... um, who control institutions like the Smithsonian and the United States government, uh, they have their own ideas and trajectory of what they would like society to think. And they do not want to validate uh, biblical narratives. Um, They prefer to keep this information secret because they themselves have skin in this occultist game, in this in this biblical narrative of um and and, and you know uh satanic cults and secret societies and institutional scientific cover up. It may seem far fetched, but I can assure you it's not.
0: Yeah, it's not far fetched. The medical uh Field is just full of these cover-ups and scams and uh, orthodoxy. Well, I was going to say
1: now nowadays I think people um, clearly the the whole orthodoxy trust the science and the degree to which it is corrupt and malignant um, should be coming should be self-evident to anyone who is an objective thinker at this point.
0: I agree totally, hundred percent. There's no doubt. So I, I, uh,
1: William, I did send you the picture of the um, uh, the Denisovan tooth compared to a, a Homo sapien okay, um, molar. It's no big deal, but um, I got it's it. It, right, yeah. it's pretty amazing the difference between the two. It, it really helps illustrate uh, this is indeed the tooth of a giant.
0: Yeah, they're not even the same. You know, not even close. Yeah, look at that thing um
1: that's 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 amazing is what that is that that is an enormous human being like really enormous that's the stuff of myth and legend
0: right yeah no it's it's crazy i haven't even heard of the denisovans i vaguely remember hearing about them but it's something kind of new Homo sapien history. Well, something.
1: that's what they do. That's what they do. They obfuscate the truth. Um, it they 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 find these bizarre bones in caves and in burial mounds and in pyramids, and then they distort the realities surrounding them. Um, they 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 convince you that these remains found in in caves from very long ago uh, were ape like. They weren't ape like. You can just forget that. That's that's all poisonous propaganda narrative. And, and, and so is so, so is out of Africa. By the way, the, the whole entire the whole entire out of Africa social Darwinist theory is obsolete. It's dead as a doornail, and they know it.
0: Yeah. And the land bridge and all that stuff. And they proved, like I think, what was it, Thor Heyerdahl proved that people can do long journeys on boats if they're skilled enough. So the notion that the South America was populated ten thousand years ago is ridiculous. And there were other Caucasian looking. I think even the Caucasian Negroid Mongoloid uh, tri-ethnic group breakdown is a false falsity or Caucasian. It's a total joke. But uh, there were the Anu people who were like the seafarers. They call them different names. But they're actually a designated ethnic group in in Japan right now, that look kind of like, you know, somebody who was out in the like a white guy hermit out mm. in the wilderness, mm-hmm. kind of uh, bearded, very not Japanese looking at all. But they've supposedly, thousands of years ago, five thousand years ago, were all over the Pacific uh, yeah. Pacific Ocean lands. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, Tor, Tor Heyerdahl and his uh, his ethnographic studies. Uh, well, he, he's, he's a uh, man after thine own heart. You know, he, he was a rogue uh, 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 cultural anthropologist. Right, right. And he defied the system. And, and, and actually, so the, another aspect of the cover-up of Kennewick Man was the concealing of his genetic analyses. They conducted genetic analyses, but, and they published papers about them. But they never revealed the genetic profile
0: wow and all they said
1: was all they said was he is most closely related to indigenous people of south america the andean people so that makes absolutely no sense with their land bridge theory uh because presumably uh, Native indigenous people would have had to migrate, you know, down for thousands of years down into South America. So clearly Thor, Heyer, Thor Heyerdahl was on something um, with some sort of trans, uh, uh, trans-Pacific, trans-Atlantic um, um, hyperdiffusion. Well, and that, that was right, the key. That was the key to my whole um, thesis is, is that this is actually hyperdiffusion and genetic assimilation uh, from the old world.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think there was a study they did on um, uh, sarcophagus in Egypt, and they had cocaine in them. The, the mm-hmm. elite, You don't want to talk about it an elite class. Egypt Correct. is a perfect example of actually a totally different ethnic class ruling over another one, like even through kind of the Greek times or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had cocaine in it, in their body. Yep. Where did that come from? It had to have come from the new world. It just wasn't available in the old world at that time, which shows this that, hyper diffusion and yep. travel and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So the trade absolutely,
1: yeah. absolutely, great, great point. Not a lot of people know that, so I'm I'm pretty impressed. And yeah, it was in their lung tissue, um, so they had apparently smoking. been smoking. It was uh, tobacco too, so both tobacco oh, and cocaine are uh, um, um, indigenous, if not endemic, to uh, um, uh, North America.
0: Uh central right. right. It shows the importance of the old world drug trade is just as important yeah. <laughs> as it is today, right? It's probably yeah, the same back right. then. They're bored elites. Right. What are we gonna do? Let's smoke some uh tobacco and this weird stuff we got from South America. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a really interesting link there, too. Um, red hair. So a lot of the native traditions about these cannibalistic giants was that they were red-haired. So I'm referring specifically to Sarah Winamanuka, who was the daughter of a, of a Paiute elder, and her, her, her uh, uh, um, biology, or biography, in which she describes the Saitaka, who, who were redheaded cannibalistic giants of, of the region that the Paiute uh, exterminated. And then, okay, so now let's jump, let's take a portal warp over to ancient Egypt The pharaohs also were red-haired. Still to this day, you can see their red hair. And we know from genetic studies that red hair is linked to Neanderthals. Neanderthals uh, carry a gene that we associate with red hair and not just carry it, but it was very prevalent. So there's this linkage between ancient ruling elite bloodlines and red hair and demonic worship and ritual cannibalism and pyramids and all the rest of it. And, and I would I would simplify it just as Nephilim bloodlines. And that, that brings you full circle to modern times of the people who were involved in these imperialistic cults and why they're so interested in Egyptian and Babylonian uh, tradition. That's because they are perpetuating... Um, this imperialistic cult from ancient times,
0: right? So that's why the masonry always has the ancient Egyptian stuff. That's the way they see it.
1: Exactly. So. Well, and the, as masons, these they're 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 connecting themselves to the ancient stone builders of of, of pre-diluvian times. Then, in other words, the Nephilim are the masons.
0: Did the, the there's certainly an ideological heritage, I would say that. I wouldn't say I exactly. don't know about another thing, but that's exactly. what they would dream of. Yeah, no question. That's exactly and right. it actually goes back through magic too. Like the, I mean, even cruelly uh, you know, the Book of the Laws received in Egypt in the in the, the pyramid. Uh he's in the pyramid, the great con what is it called? The great con one. Con- I forgot what the name, but but like it's all over Crowley. Horace mm-hmm. yeah. knew it. Hobby to all these old gods so yes really fascinating but yeah i think that the it's easier for people to take a simplistic view of this history and these people are just as smart as we were uh at least you know they could calculate probably even clearer than we could today uh considering we have so many distractions in modern man but they were excellent like the skill of the sea people of the polynesians was off the charts Mm -hmm. like the way they could read water because they were just in the water all the time. They could travel hundreds of miles, figure things out. Like, I think that the um, colonization of a lot of the, the archipelago, archipelag- archipelagos in kind of Indonesia, all the way to Hawaii, was done very fast. Like, mm-hmm. they can trace it into, like, 100 years. Like, they didn't have a problem getting around. It. So, to oh, assume yeah. that, like, you know, you needed a land bridge or these people couldn't, you know, sail or something like that, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
1: No and that's a theme that's a theme in their um, their paradigm propaganda is they really like this this idea that we're just these primitive savage animals waking up to uh, civilized you know life and they and they as state authorities you know are the benefactor are the are the, are the, are the, gi- the givers the source of this, technology and science and civilization. So they don't want you, uh, you know, they, they don't want people to think of themselves as uh, children of, of a deity or, or followers of a deity. No, no, no. They would prefer you to think of yourself as an animal, a, a nihilistic animal um, whose purpose in their life is no purpose other than materialistic uh, hedonism. Well, that's very convenient for them and their slave machine,
0: right? No doubt. I think you're absolutely right. They've really. I think it just goes back into all societies, these kind of uh, pyramidal societies, is that they just treat the lower classes, middle classes, as slaves and keep them in the state of enslavement, mental enslavement, and oh yeah, uh, spiritual. And
1: you'll you'll notice too how as we are going forward. There's this real push to exterminate such ancient traditions. Uh, It's getting to the point now where where simple simple allegiance to Abrahamic belief is met with ridicule. Um, Be that that if it's traditional Christianity, Judaism, Islam, um, it's essentially being, well, it's being ridiculed, but slowly it's actually being outlawed. That right. there was actually a push in Israel recently to ban Christian speech in public uh, under penalty of of imprisonment. Uh, now the now it didn't pass, uh, but there's just really the, the the scientific community just as they are uh, squeezing their vice on on uh, medical and 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 you know these types of Arenas. So too is the scientific community. Well, you can see how they're they're pushing um, interstellar narratives, uh, you know, about aliens and and trans transhumanism. Right. Um, these things are all related uh, uh, to these to their their narrative and their objectives, and their and their their esoteric allegiance, I should say.
0: No, it's true. Even even during the lockdowns, you couldn't go to church, but you could go get some alcohol. And isn't you could that in, interesting? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah, it's it's totally politicized just to, to, to their benefit. They made all the money. The, the, I mean, all the money flowed upwards—the of the trillions of dollars. So it was just another big hose operation. That's all that the uh, COVID fiasco was. Probably with the throw in a couple of bio And uh, yeah, have it.
1: yeah, I'm uh, I'm concerned. We're um, we're gearing up for for round two and and not to mention, not to mention contrived eco disasters and contrived international and even interstellar conflicts. All of these will be used as a a merry-go-round shell game of, of paradigmatic uh, manipulation. And, and each new crisis will have a corresponding uh, stripping of rights. So, so there's a food crisis, so everybody will have to eat X, Y, or Z. Oh, there's a climate crisis, so everybody will have to live X, Y, or Z. There's a digital internet crisis, so everybody will have, you know, and this goes on and on um, until they've got you completely uh, imprisoned in, in, a, in a digital box.
0: Yeah, no, it's a shame. And we were talking kind of in the pre-show about Maui. You lived in Maui, uh, close to Lahaina. I, I mean, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Because even the the information that's coming out? It's even worse than what it was uh, at the time of the
1: info. I mean, you know, i I'll, I'll try to sum it up quickly, but we we you know we should probably do a whole a know, whole sure. show on it. but um I, it was not natural. It was not natural, and I know it wasn't natural because two years ago they penned an agreement to to transform the island of Maui uh, into a completely uh, solar and uh, wind powered city. Now fundamentally, I have no problem with them going wind and solar. That's a good thing. But the point is they couldn't accomplish that without ripping up the infrastructure. Furthermore, uh, corporate crooks and, and greedy evil billionaires like who live on the island, like Gates and Oprah and Bezos, they have been out to buy Lahaina, out from under the people, for decades. Is that right? Yeah, but they can't yeah. do it because the people won't sell, and it's protected as a historical site. And so it's no coincidence that that smart city fanatics like Gates and Bezos, um, they had a smart city conference there back in September. I'm sorry, back in January. Um, the deal was already in place to transform it into a smart city. And then Oprah's greedy ass uh, buys up 870 acres from now until then. And then the, the police chief, John Pelletier, well, he was the lead investigator on the Vegas shooting. And the Vegas shooting occurred from a hotel casino that was owned by Bill Gates. So right. But that whole story is fake, me, too.
0: Yeah, don't tell
1: me that this man just happened to be lead investigator on the most deadly shooting in America and the most deadly fire. What is he like, the ultimate death jinx? No way. Uh, He's a spook. He's an agent. And they put him there in place to cover these things up. And um, the people of Lahaina are never going to see that land again. Um. Uh, Bill Gates and Oprah and Bezos—they they portray themselves as philanthropists. Where is their philanthropy now? It's non-existent because they were part of this scheme uh, to murder these people and steal their land. And I wish that was all, but there's more. Um, th- there's a there's a really dark satanic edge to this too. Uh, why are all these children missing? You know, where, I'm sorry, Oprah, uh, I can link Oprah to missing children. Her her school in Africa, she, she spent $46 million to build a school in Africa. She can't give money to her neighbors on Maui, but she can build a school in Africa. And uh, the employees of her school have been accused of sexual abuse. In a separate incident, police investigated a dead infant's body stuffed into a backpack found on campus grounds. Uh, She publicly advocates for the use of beauty products that are made from infant foreskins. So I'm sorry, but I can link Oprah to dead and missing children.
0: Yeah, there's Uh, a very strong link between her and uh, Harvey Weinstein, too, like... Right, he's got terrible friends. I mean, holy. I stars.
1: was gonna say, you know, and Gates,
0: there's links too
1: between these people and and yeah. Epstein,
0: Zuckerberg. and their, their
1: their private island, yeah. you know, gatherings and yachts and, and and jets. This is what these people do. They traffic it, people from yeah. third world nations to their private islands where they can abuse them and sacrifice them to Satan or whatever it is that gets them off. And um, they're psychopaths. And, and they're in charge so so it's a global really parasite class yeah. act together
0: yeah it's a global parasite class Zuckerberg was heavily involved in getting Biden into office these guys are juicing and gaming the system through uh, means that are illegal frankly I mean they, yeah. they did all kinds of vote fraud vote ballot fraud and all that stuff so it's yeah. like a worth in kind of like yeah. ruled by the global elite Biden isn't making any decisions it's this people are paying for all these politicians who are, I'm not even
1: sure that fool we see on the camera is Biden all the time. In, in a couple, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm pretty sure a few of those times it was someone wearing a latex mask.
0: Um, Latex
1: masks are being used in, in in these um, celebrity shell games uh, that they're playing with people's minds and and television. And uh, I I don't even know what is, what to believe. uh, Well, well, any any of it. If if I see if I see a politician on television, I just I know it's 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 propaganda. At this point, we're right. we're over propagandized. Uh, we're, yeah. we're like saturated yeah. in it. Yeah, no,
0: the worse than Soviet Union, worse than Soviet Union. More psyops. I did a show recently. Psyop after psyop after psyop. Yeah, the, it's, I know the, you can't even keep up with it. Yeah, these you can't days. keep up with them. Yeah, no, They're, we the communists have nothing on the U.S. As far as psychological, this psychological is the ultimate,
1: yeah. the ultimate yeah. whirlwind storm of of propaganda. It's yeah. a new, it's a brave new world. Uh, and, I like and to a, say, brave new world, new world order.
0: Yeah, brave, yeah, new, brave world new disorder. disorder. <laughs> Something like drug, mass drugging, mass hypnotism through an idiot box. I just, I just don't even watch TV anymore. But uh, Mark, we are at the hour mark. It's uh, Mark A. Carpenter. Your website is myapocalypticchronicles.com. So people can check it out there and contact you there as well. Is that correct? That is
1: correct. And and real quick before we go, uh, anybody who's listening, you can also find me, uh, same name, myapocalypticchronicles on Instagram. And we are going to be having a retreat um, mid-October. We're going to go explore uh, ancient mounds and we're going to explore caverns. And and we're gonna talk about how all this relates to the to the past, the present, and the future, uh, anomalous phenomena, ancient narratives, modern narratives, propaganda. We're gonna talk about all this around the fire, just good times and 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 good people. So uh feel free to check me out. And and I wanna thank you for having me on, William. I, I really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for coming on. I'm glad that uh sure. you came on to share all that knowledge. Let me see if I can pull this up. This is your website with the thing mystery adventure retreat uncover the secrets sure. of the nephilim journey into Ooh. ancient tennessee right it's, 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 yeah it's going to be a blast you're invited you're hey invited. thanks maybe Come you, you never know it. you never know we'll yeah. see what happens yeah. but uh it's mark a carpenter rogue cultural anthropologist and we talked about the mystery of the kennewick man among other things so thanks so much for your time
1: thank you i okay, appreciate please. it see you guys right. later stay
0: there stay there stay there stay there, stay there.